0: So, that means we're not attempting to make a new generation, and and this this is going to hurt a little bit, okay? Um, We're not attempting to make a new generation a mirror image of what we've been. What we're doing is inviting a new generation to become citizens of the same kingdom that we belong to. They don't have to do things. Yeah, they don't have to do things the the way we did it. I'm going to try this clicker, and hopefully it'll, it'll work here tonight. It did. During revival times, most churches either live to see another generation or they die as the old generation stagnates. And um, that's why you see churches that, um ten, twenty years ago was huge, and now there are some churches that's dwindling down to where they haven't got anybody left that's because either the church is going to go on and and bring a new generation into the kingdom or they're going to stagnate and and they just they begin to die off. you see in uh, twenty eighteen. Jody and I were pastoring a church up by Cleveland, and um, Lou Engels um, generated a gathering in Pasadena, California, called the Azusa Now, and it was the hundredth yeah it was the hundredth uh, anniversary of the Azusa Street Revival. So um, Lou Engle um, uh, got the the auditorium um, in um, Pasadena, California, and his goal was 100,000 people in this arena uh, to celebrate this thing going on. And um, so anyway, uh, we ended up uh, 92,000 people there. Bill, I've got a picture of that same arena. Billy Graham was there in the 60s, 110,000 people. That was a revival generation that came Uh, To Billy Graham. We're going to talk about him in in a minute here. So um, during this gathering, God spoke a single passage of scripture to me. And uh, that was before I was cool and had the app on my phone. So, uh, but that, that, that passage of scripture just, and I said it to Jody, God, just give me a scripture. I said, do you know what it is? She said, "I, I don't know what that passage says and all day long I kept thinking about this soon as we got back to the hotel that night I looked it up and and the revelation started there so um, in this revelation began to answer an important question why is it so hard for a local church to reach the next generation around them why is that almost an impossibility now listen to this listen because it will be the existing church that will have to change to meet the needs of the next generation now we were um, that thing's going to give me fits pastor there it is um, we we got a call several years before, our church flew us out there um, from a church up by Cleveland. And they said, uh, we've heard about the the churches you pastor. Uh, We want that kind of a church is very traditional. Oh my gosh. They were, they were steeped in tradition. And, um, uh, let me, let me tell you something here. I had a dream before we went up there. Um, in this dream was all the elements of that church's name and in the dream myself and some guys were in this old administration building that was dusty and dirty and chairs were turned over and it had been abandoned for years and unknowingly that this was what that dream was about I looked at these guys and said there's nothing here that we can use Later on, I realized uh, the elements of that dream was in the name of that church we went to. And um, so we went there, and we began to try to recreate this church um, into the kind of church they wanted, and boy, the nightmare ensued. I mean, short of death threats, you know? Um, There were people that just, they, they learned to hate us didn't they? It was pretty wild. Here's here's the mistake they were making. They wanted to teach the next generation to be like them Mm -hmm. instead of allowing the next generation to be who they were and to teach them the important things of the Lord, you see. So here's what the Lord began to speak to me at the Azusa now here you go, Bubba. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I think it has to wake up every time I click that thing. I'm not gonna fool with it. Well, aren't you special? You you can set with Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Cause he's back there would have worked for me too, yeah. So here here's what the Lord began to speak to me while while we were at the Azusa now. Um, number one, every church must go through specific seasons in its life. Now watch this, watch. These seasons will rotate through approximately 40 years of church history so it can complete a life cycle, you see? Remember some people that, that you knew in church and, and now they passed on? Um, that They had completed a life cycle. in in that church you see so second when a full life cycle is completed a new life cycle has to begin all over again or that church dies it it stagnates without a brand new cycle so there are three seasons that make up a complete life cycle for a church okay is that slide up there pastor go go to another one there Should have given it to Jeff. Huh. Right there, that's the one we want. Yeah, that's the one. So there are three seasons that makes a complete life cycle for a church. Season one is a revival season. Um, uh, I'm just about seventy years old. <gasps> I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but. But I I was born again in my 20s, you see? I was part of that last generation revival that that brought it in, you see? So there's a season of revival. We're seeing that in the United States. Isn't it ironic that I'm the age I am when God is bringing in the next generation, you see? So um, in that revival season, Three things happen. Now watch this. Number one, a brand new generation will be harvested into the kingdom. Some of us here today, including me, are part of that last revival generation that was brought into the kingdom. Second, some of the last church cycle, watch, some of the last church cycle, my, my generation, will either be lost to the next revival or they'll become part of the next revival. It's either going to wash us out, or we're going to help usher in the next ones. Here, here's why some fall away, and some will be part of the next cycle of revival. Watch this. Revival is created when a church is willing to open the doors to a new generation that has different ideas and different needs. Are you hearing me? Now watch, here's the third thing that happens in a revival season. Revival comes to fruition, this is going to hurt, when older saints are willing to be used by God to give their church away to a new generation. Hmm? When, when I retired, and I'm never going to retire. We're stuck like dogs, Jody. <laughs> when When I retired from full-time pastoring, We would go to other churches and visit. And not only did it drive me nuts, I think I drove Jody nuts with it because most of the pastors were younger than me. And they didn't do it the way I think they should have done it. (laughs) Go figure. I'm sitting there going, why are they doing stuff like that? What's this music? What's this going on? What's that going on? You know? but it was a new generation of believers and, and I had to make my adjustment or stay home yes. hmm? because it wasn't my church anymore. You see now here's the second season of a full church cycle. The first one is a season of revival. A new generation comes into the kingdom. Then we have to have a season of training new converts. When, when, uh, when I was first saved, I thought the Book of Concordance was just another one of the Gospels. I I didn't know. It, don't laugh at me. Some of you are going, I wonder if it is. No, it's not. Um, it, uh, I knew nothing about the Bible. I had never in my life attended a church service until I went and the next Sunday give my life to the Lord. Never done it. Never done it. Didn't know. I couldn't say boo to a goose when it came to anything uh, Christian. So, there, there was a season for me, even though I was bought in, man, I was totally bought in. There was a season where I had to be trained in the things of God, not trained in their tradition. I told pastor today, I said, I came into the church in blue jeans and a T-shirt and just being a cool all by myself, pastor. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was cool all by myself. But the church that I gave my my life to the Lord in which was dying they were dying they were so excited that a youngster came into the church man they were dying the biggest event that happened was about every two weeks they buried somebody there you know they were just dying off so what they did was immediately and again I didn't know anything about Christianity immediately they began to say you got to wear a suit you need to get that hair cleaned up, you know, you, you need to do this, you need to do that, and, and, and on and on and on. They didn't teach me anything about the Lord, they taught me how to dress, they taught me how to look, they taught me Christianese, okay, so it wasn't long, you know, because I'm saying, you know, we could do this and we could do that, and they're like, shut up. You know, you don't know anything. Just be quiet. This is not the way we do things. So I left and and got surrounded by some people that said, let us teach you about the Lord. You can be who you are. You see? Okay. So, So watch this. So the second season of a full church cycle is the season of training new converts. This is the season... When a new generation is taught about the Word of God, that Jesus is Lord, the holiness of God, and the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what we do. We don't tell them how to dress. We don't tell them things like that. We tell them about the things of the Lord. Now, please hear me. Churches have lost whole generations because they've concentrated on church traditions instead of the things of the Lord. So this, this is how a church or a whole denomination dies. Now listen, listen. And, and you're going to say, yep, I've seen this. If we just simply teach the next generation our traditions, here's three things that's going to happen in the church. Salvation without Repentance. Huh? I remember. Who's heard of uh, folks on the Family? What's his name? Dobson. Yeah, Doctor Dobson. He tells a story about he was about fourteen years old, and he said they had this neighbor girl that would just drive him all crazy. She chew gum all the time. So his mom was trying to witness to her, and uh, and she just barely listened to her, and uh, so. Uh, Doctor Dobson said he, he came into the kitchen and there they said and his mom's just finishing up telling her about the Lord and and uh, she said you need to think about these things <laughs> okay dope <laughs> and off she went he said the next day she came over and his mother said did you did you think about uh, giving your life to the Lord she went <laughs> yep <laughs> she said did you ask the Lord <laughs> yep. Well, what'd he say? Okie doke. <laughs> we we have people. Now, Pastor, will baptism save you? No, it doesn't save you. If you are saved, Jesus said to get baptized. Yeah. Simple as that. But if we think running up there and dunking ourselves that's called a donut Christian. Mm. <laughs> I dunked myself. And I'm okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay? So you'll have salvation without repentance. You'll have baptism without commitment to God. And you'll have communion without reflection and change. That's what happens when the next generation is following tradition instead of the things of the Lord. Here's the litmus test. Of a healthy church. Okay, here it comes. Pull your toes in. Here's the litmus test of a healthy church. A healthy church, in a season of training the next generation, has to allow that generation to develop their own traditions, their own stuff, man. It's going to be a different music style. Huh? It's, it's going to be a different preaching style. It's going to be a different dress code. And it's going to drive us crazy sometimes. <laughs> it's going to drive us absolutely crazy. But our job is to teach them the word, teach them that, we're, and they're, that they're in a place where they're safe and they're going to be loved. Here's the balance Here's another thing that can cause the death of the next generation in the church is when we try to be so world cool that we begin to act like them, thinking that that's going to get them into the church, it's not what they're looking for. They don't even know it, but that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for God, and they're looking for a genuine walk with God and we're going to be different, and they're going to be different, but it's our job to accept their difference, you see? So that brings us to the next season. You have a revival season where God starts bringing a next generation into the church. Then you're going to have a season where you're going to have to train these new people, and here's the hardest of the three seasons. Season three of a full church cycle is the season of the next revival. And this cycle happens when the last generation of the kingdom becomes us old people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, When our last generation we become the generation of the way it was. Yeah. Have, you, have you had those conversations yet? Jody and I are driving in the car, and I say things like, remember, remember when, you know, and you know what I'm saying? My generation is ending, yeah. and it's time to trust the next generation enough to begin to turn things over to them. This is where every church will choose to live or die. And that season always comes after the church has enjoyed that wonderful season of the way things were. Now watch this. I told you it's hard, 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 hard at the end of the way things were see i just got smart in some of these things pastor you know i i just i just got over myself yeah. you know i've been running things man i had the wisdom i had the experience and now it's time for me to give the church away to the next generation of people. Wow. Good. Man, oh man, oh man. Here's what the Lord showed me at the Azusa Now event. Here's some biblical keys that will help you understand this one single scripture for tonight. Uh, seven, what's, what's seven in the Bible represent? Completion. It's the number of completion. Women represent those who are called to be the bride of Christ. And the man who marries represents Christ to the church. Let me give you those again. Seven is the number of completions. Women represent those who are called to be the bride of and a single man who marries represents Christ to the church. Listen to Isaiah chapter 4, and this is what God gave me that day. Verse number 1. For seven women, it's a complete generation, a complete bride. For seven women will take hold of one man in that day, in the day of revival. And here's what they'll say We'll eat our own bread, we'll wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Come on, come on. Take away our reproach. Every generation, God showed me, every generation will say, we'll do it our own way, we'll have our own ideas, but give us the opportunity yeah. to be married to him, help us that our reproach could be taken away here's what God showed me he said he promises that every new generation will cry out after salvation every single one now here's what happens if a church doesn't realize these things and they refuse I'm not changing they're not bringing that music in They're not going to wear those clothes. We're not going to do it. They're going to pass up that generation. And then they're going to have a church full of 80, 90-year-old people that's going to have to try to minister to their grandkids. And that's another generation removed from their own understanding, you see. So God promises that every new generation will cry out for salvation. Every generation comes to fruition around the age of like 20 to 40 years old. And I came from the generation, they called us the baby boomers. And my church generation was so different from the Depression era saints. So different. I was saved in my 20s as my age group came to maturity. God said he'll call every generation to take on the responsibility of making their own way before him. I mean, the last generation, the, the Depression-era saints, I mean, they were shocked. We threw away our ties. Mm. And we listened to this weird music. You ready? Maranatha vineyard music how, how many remember that yeah you're old like me yeah yeah do you do you realize how wild that music was to the i mean they had hymn books you see chuck smith who's heard of chuck smith you'll hear more and more and more about him we had to study him in college. Um, that's the movie, um, Jesus Revolution. Jesus Revolution. you've heard of that. It's going to be, you've you got to go see it. We haven't seen it yet. We're going to see it next week. You've got to go see that movie. So it's, it centers around Chuck Smith. He pastored a church in California, and um, they had about, I don't know, 15 people, old, dying. I mean, they were in bad shape. He began to minister to a young fella named Lonnie Frisbee, who is, is about in the movie. And um, here's what's wild, okay? I was a hippie. Think about it. Kevin, that's our age group, buddy. We were hippies. I didn't know I was a hippie. <laughs> but I was. I was a dope-smoking, drinking... Guitar playing, long hair, freaky looking hippie. That's who he began to minister to. The next generation. Baby boomers were hippies. That's weird. That's really weird. Anyway, they had just put new carpet. Oh, the traditions. They had just put new carpet in the church thinking that would bring people in. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, we'll spruce it up. It'll bring people in. <clears throat> so some of the people, uh, uh, Chuck Smith went and he started ministering to these hippies that had no shoes on and sand in their toes and everything. And um, they started coming in and the people complained, true story, they started complaining that the carpet, new carpets were getting dirty. And he said, I will take care of that. The next Sunday they came in The church had no carpet in it whatsoever. He just ripped it all out. He said, situation fixed. So he went. He didn't try to teach anybody his traditions. He went to them where they were. They actually built um, a missionary church down by the beach, and they came in. His church grew to 35,000 people man he invented chuck smith invented a whole new worship style called maranatha yeah um he raised up over a thousand churches and the jesus movement was born john wimber began to minister to that generation. And here's what, he, he didn't try to change anybody. He just ministered that God would do what he said he would do. And he was willing to listen to their style of music, and he invented something called vineyard music. Billy Graham. <laughs> do you know uh, a newspaper report about Billy Graham said He plays rock and roll music and holds the microphone like Elvis. (laughs) That's what they said about Billy Graham. Not Billy. (laughs) But it was Billy Graham, later in life when he started a fresh cycle of revivals, hired Michael W. Smith to lead the music. You see? (laughs) Here is... A grand truth. A church is at risk of dying if they kick against the 20 to 30 something generation. Yep. Yep. But here's going to be the cry that they're going to have to ignore. <clears throat> we will eat our own bread, we'll wear our own clothes. Just let me be called by your name. Take away. Our reproach number three every generation is looking for the one and only truth now watch this watch it's not our job to demand that they do things our way it's our job to open the doors but it is our job to teach them about the holiness of God it's our job to teach them about Jesus as Lord about the Word of God, about the things of the Holy Spirit. There's a new generation coming to fruition right now. It's, it's at its maturity peak. They're the 20 to 35, 40-something generation. And here's the question to Harvest Christian Fellowship, who has lived through their time, Of the way it was we're gonna close the door if they don't do the things the way we do it or are we gonna open the doors of the church and let it live and let it grow a lot of people around the church say young people just don't want to come to church 80% of the 92,000 people at Azusa now was between the ages of 25 and 35. That's amazing. Here's what I notice about churches that are growing. The older folks in the church worship and pray alongside the next generation coming into the church, even if they don't understand the music even if they don't understand the lingo you never look you never want to compromise the message but we may have to change the method and we're going to have to at one point turn the methods over to the next generation so there's only two ways a church and its people will close out their life cycle in the Lord. And let me, let me just say this real quick. <clears throat> Harvest Christian Fellowship is closing out a life cycle. Oh, it's quiet. It is. Harvest Christian Fellowship is closing out a life cycle. And there's only two ways that that life cycle will end. We'll allow our church to die of old age and refuse to give it away to the next generation. In in the church that we pastored up by Cleveland, we had a lot of our people. Um gather at another church some some of the people who left that i'll have no part of this new generation this new music this new dress have no part of it so they went to a church and they found somebody that did it their way so they would call their friends and they would say hey just like the old church over here and they would leave we lost two-thirds of the congregation because they went over there You know what they didn't realize all they had done was move to a nursing home where they were waiting to die it's true they had just moved to a nursing home and they could reminisce and they could sing their old songs and they could dress the way they wanted to and they could put down the next generation and now they're just over there and that church is dying out because they're dying Here's the second way we can end up. We can die to ourselves, yeah. And we can pass on everything we are to a new generation. Bill Johnson writes this. Jody gave me this. Bill Johnson writes, Revival is the atmosphere in which Christ's power is most likely to be manifest. It touches every part of human life, breaking into society with sparks of revolution. Such glory is costly and is not to be taken lightly. Nevertheless, a powerless church is far more costly in terms of human suffering and lost souls. During revival, hell is plundered and heaven is populated. Without revival, hell is populated, period. Every church has to make a hard decision. Will we transition our church and live for the next generation, or are we going to become a nursing home for the dying? When the baby boomers took over from the Depression era, we had this guy. I'm going to close up here. We had this guy in the church he had a is very old Uh, but then he was very old I was in my 20s his name was Harry I've told you about him he was local barber had a speech impediment and um, there were some people squawking about the new Christian music and stuff and I asked Harry about it Harry loved me and he said I don't care." Just glad you're here. (laughs) The depression era saints wanted to pull their hair out over us baby boomers. But there was some that trusted us and said, I think they'll be all right. So the church lived. and it grew and it changed I'll never forget when I came to the Lord that I didn't realize then that a few brave saints were willing to die to what they was comfortable with to allow me into the kingdom there's a call for a generation to come in but it's a call for a generation to give up control personally as I near heaven's entrance I want to hear you did well you really did well Yes.